0: Everyone knows how to play poker. But do you know how to play poker well? Get ready to talk poker strategy with the people who run the games. Hear interviews with the stars. Get information on when to play. Where to play. And how to play better poker. This is Poker Action Live, a weekly poker show with your hosts, Big Dave Lemon and Joe Rodriguez. And Happy New Year, everybody.
1: First show of 2020 here on Poker Action Line. We uh, welcome you once again. Look forward to a big year as we uh, hone in on our 10th anniversary of the show. That will be sometime in March, and we'll see if we can do something special for that this year. Uh, Joe is out tonight. He uh, might join us for a few minutes by phone in the middle segment of the show. But I also will bring on uh, Joe Costello, who... uh, is a uh, good friend for a long time, uh, owner of Castello Media Studios that we do the show from, and uh, he will join us. Uh, Joe, If for those of you not familiar, we have mentioned him many times in the past, and he has contributed to the program before, but he's a uh, track announcer and reporter for NHRA Racing, and uh, the drag racing circuit uh, does a lot of work throughout the year on that, and uh, also... Uh, works on a television program called, uh, Performance TV. It's on the Motor Trend Network. And, uh, talks a lot about racing and cars and, and that sort of thing. And Joe has a very popular, a sh- couple of popular shows as well, uh, done from this studio. And he's going to join us. I thought it would be interesting. People are wondering, well, what's that got to do with poker? Well, Joe's not a poker expert, but he, uh, he does uh he has been involved in the sports world down here in South Florida for a long time and I thought we could have an interesting conversation with the Super Bowl coming here this year in about a month or so uh the many things that are down here including Homestead's uh season ending racing for NASCAR and uh, Joe does a lot of stuff at that as well and one of the tremendous amount of uh tourism activities generated by sports in this town and uh A lot of things changing. The Seminole Hard Rock is now open. I want to talk about that a little bit uh, with the new Guitar Hotel. And they have a big tournament coming up in January. And then, of course, their regular big one later in the year. So we'll bring Joe on in the the, uh, middle segment of the program. But I do want to start talking poker because we haven't been here for a couple of weeks. We had a uh, Best of Show right around Christmas. And we are back now live. And uh, because we are now into the new year, all the Player of the Year awards were handed out. Uh, as december finished and i want to talk a little bit about that because uh, obviously this is a this is a game that is driven by personalities and big stars and uh, the funny thing is there are a couple of different uh, player of the year awards given out card player magazine has a player of the year award also the global poker index which i feel is a little bit more accurate Uh, they go back a little bit farther it's not strictly for the for the last year they go back into a second year and it's a little more uh people who have been established over a good period of time so uh we will bring uh, I just got to know from Joe uh Rodriguez he will be with us uh, in that second segment as well for a little while so we'll get to him as well but the player of the year uh was the winner of the big final tournament in the World Poker Tour which was out in uh, uh the, at the Bellagio the 5 Diamond Classic the winner uh, Alex Foxen wins that tournament and, uh, Alex, of course, very well known. In fact, it's, uh, his second consecutive Player of the Year award. So when you do it two years in a row on the Global Poker Index, you know that maybe you are the best in the game. Uh, the card player, uh, winner might, uh, contest that a little bit. That is Stephen Chidwick from, uh, Great Britain. But, uh, Alex is, uh, well known for a lot of things in, in the poker world, including the fact that, uh, his girlfriend, Kristen Bicknell, who we've had on the show, is, uh, the top women player in the world, the GPI uh, player of the year for the last three years for the women. And she's number 18 on the overall list. So a very good player, not just a great woman player, female player, but a uh, uh, tremendous uh, player overall and uh, has uh, received a lot of accolades over the year. But Alex won that uh, tournament on the WPT in uh, Las Vegas uh, right before Christmas. Uh, Picked up $1.7 million for that win. Uh, Toby Joyce was second in that tournament. Seth Davies third. Peter Neff 4th not real familiar with Peter, but uh, he finished fourth in that tournament. Danny Park was fifth. And Jonathan Jaffe finished at the final table as well. And then a lot of big names, people we've had on the show before. Uh, Eric Afriot finished ninth. Uh, T.K. Miles, from who lives in South Florida now, the uh, Florida State grad, he finished in 11th place. Darren Elias, who has uh, is the all time winner on the WPT tour, with his name on the championship cup, the Champions Cup, he finished 14th. So uh, it was a good tournament, and uh, we will uh, talk with uh, uh, Alex later in the year. I'm sure. Uh, definitely want to get him uh, maybe at the Lucky Hearts Poker Open, which is in uh, January at the Seminole Hard Rock. So Alex, the uh, winner of the uh Global Poker Index player of the year now the card player and this kind of reminds me of the situation uh I'll bring Joe in real quick because I don't think you're a huge boxing fan Joe but do you remember over the years there used to be there used to be three organizations that were all run by different people there was the WBC the WBA and the IBF and they all had different champions in every weight class. And some guys that were champions in one weren't even in the top ten on another.
2: Absolutely. Uh, and I am a boxing fan. And I am becoming more of a boxing fan as I've been watching this Wilder come up as a true yeah, heavyweight. He's amazing. And I, I am, I've am i decided to dive back in to boxing and also horse racing as the classic old school American sports. I Absolutely. just feel like somebody's got to follow them. And so I'm going to be the guy. But I really feel like uh, it, its I do remember that. And I think that that confusion causes problems. But at the same time, when you can get someone to unify all those belts or championships, uh, it, it means they
1: are the best. Then you know you have a real champion. And, no that's, question.
2: and that's what we might have in the heavyweight ranks if this Wilder is able to continue on. That's his mission. Um, but I get what you're saying. And, and, but people are out to make money, right? Absolutely. And you, you, you talk about racing. It happens in racing. Well, there's people making money doing this. Let's start our own series, and now there's two. But that's the the
1: big problem with boxing over the years is that that difference of people being ranked on one uh, alphabet soup and not on another was because of corruption, really. I mean, they had their own people. They were hooked in with their uh, agents, and there was so much funny funny money flying behind the scenes that, uh, you know, it was just one of those things that... uh, You know, we weren't able to uh, decide who exactly was the champion. And when we ever did get to it, I mean, Muhammad Ali is a perfect example that he was obviously the greatest champion of all time. But at his time, he was the number one fighter on all these different lists, whether he was with Don King or Bob Arum or whoever. Very
2: interesting. Uh, But as you said, corruption, it's everywhere. And you can't get away from it. It's part of life. And you want to minimize it as much as is possible. I think we... Do a pretty good job. Certainly, people I know from other countries say that it's way worse uh, there. But, hey, part of life.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Right. Uh, but there's a lot of stuff uh, we could talk about, and we will get to that shortly. But uh, let me just uh, review this card player uh, award because it is different players, and uh, you know maybe some people don't understand that. But uh, you know you decide what the criteria is for ranking people, whether it's uh, you know money earned, uh, top 10 finishes, final tables, uh, a lot of different things. And uh, Chidwick is a very popular player worldwide. In fact has been on this list uh, inside the top 50 for five consecutive years now. So not only has he been one of the very best players in the last couple of years, but for quite some time. He's 30 years old, and he's from England. But uh, Stephen is uh, the top-ranked player in that uh, card player series. Uh, you might wonder, well, where's Alex Fox? He's number two. So uh, he is getting his uh, kudos there. Uh, Chidwick, uh is, uh had over $7 million in, in Player of the Year earnings this year. So Sean Winter is a third on the list. Sam Soverell, fourth. Cale Burns, fifth. And Bryn Kenny, sixth on down the line. But, uh, you know, I, I wonder, some of these players really take it into account, uh, you know, for the, whether it's their ego or uh, they're trying to build a brand. But when they get uh, selected for some of these awards or in the top 20, it can be, uh, you know, it, Someone might say, oh, I never really heard of him, but uh, let me look and see what he's done or she's done. And uh, it can really promote your brand as far as uh, these poker players go. And there's not the sponsorship money that there was at one time, but uh, certainly to get your name out there and have people recognize you. There will be, I think, again in, in some time, TV programs like there were many years ago before. Uh, not only the UIGEA, but Black Friday came so that, that cut a lot of the sponsorship dollars out. And a lot of the organizations have been dropping some people recently, but, uh, I think this is all cyclical. And I think we'll uh, have that once again. So uh, the top players of the year on the GPI, uh, Foxen was one ahead of Sean Winter, who was second. Bryn Kenny was third on that list. Cale Burns, fourth, and Chidwick, fifth. Uh, Rainer Kempe, Sam Greenwood, Manny Gloser, Timothy Adams, and Ali M. Cirovich round out the top ten. So uh, we will watch all these players. And many of them are playing right over in uh, Australia right now at Crown Melbourne. In uh, Australia, uh, obviously we're very uh, aware of Australia right now because of the brush fires and the, and the huge damage to not only people and property, but the animals over there. Something like a half a billion animals have been killed over the last month. And a lot of them uh, just beautiful, unique animals like the koala and the kangaroo. And uh, so we're keeping an eye on that. And uh certainly see there 's lots of ways CNN has posted a bunch of uh, places where you can go i know there 's a big article on there and how you can help people over there. so when we think of australia we 're not just thinking of the Aussie millions and the big tournament going on over there, but all the things that are happening around that huge uh, island nation, the island continent that uh, you know it's it 's anybody that 's uh, sat there and been a climate denier i don 't know if we want to get too deep into that, probably not, but uh, just the, what's happening over there, I think, has uh, really changed things, Joe.
2: Well, I I think it would, and it should, but I just saw that some people got arrested for lighting the fires the, themselves. Oh, and so, oh. you know, I, I, the whole climate thing, I, I'm with you. Like, I'm about, uh, like, hey, you know, let's just try to do our best as best as we can. But in this case, it doesn't matter what started it. What matters is the size of Pennsylvania, Connecticut, and New Jersey has all been eviscerated. They said over a billion animals. So it's not so much, uh, you know, like, why in that debate? I don't want to get into that uh, as much as I want to get into these people need help. Their lives are destroyed. Their property is destroyed. You mentioned all the animals. Yes, that is horrific. And, uh, of course you know the the genesis yeah let's get into that at some point but right now i i don't know it's just um, mind boggling that a fire could be that big to me because yeah. you think about like this the size and scope of australia it's tremendous people pretty much just live around the coasts uh the outback they talk about Drag racing is big down there, by the way, and (laughs) and you know how can your heart not go out to them? And what if that happened here? Imagine Connecticut, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania is wiped off the map by a fire. Well,
1: we've we've had the fires in California that uh, you know were devastating for a lot of areas, and actually hit a lot of homes last year. Where normally uh, it's just in open areas, and we don't see a lot of property damage. But uh, in the last couple of years, but uh, it just goes beyond scope in Australia, where you see this orange sky, and it's just. It's just so vast and, and uh, prevalent in that area. So, you know, we do feel bad about that, but uh, it certainly comes to mind when you think about uh top poker tournament that we'll be keeping an eye on over the next few shows. Uh, one other thing that's uh, happening right now in the WSOP circuit, uh, they did complete an event over in December. We'll get back to that in a second, but uh, right now they're in uh, Oklahoma, which is outside of Dallas, the Dallas area, Choctaw, uh, Durant. Oklahoma and uh to the Choctaw reservation there has a great poker room and a big tournament every year and uh a winner of the the latest event event number 4 over there which was a uh uh it was a $400 buy-in event and uh the winner was uh Maurice Hawkins who we've had on the show uh we're friends with Maurice and uh he can get under people's skin there's no question about that but uh, he just picked up a win in the tournament over there at uh, Choctaw. So uh, that's a big story because uh, he is the all-time ring leader now, has uh, 14 rings on the uh, World Series of Poker circuit. Actually, it was at number five of 400 to buy in. So he picks up 16,000, almost 17,000. But his record 14th ring, uh, Valentin Vorniku and Josh Reichard both have 12, so he is now the leader, uh, clear leader, and really has dominated that uh, circuit for the last uh, probably two, three years. So, uh, Very thrilled for Maurice. Uh, the main event comes up in that tournament later in uh, the week. It's fact, it starts on Friday the 10th with the opening days on Friday the 10th and Saturday the 11th, a $1,700 buy-in for the main event at Choctaw. Uh, before that, there was a, uh, another tournament on the circuit, and uh Anthony Spinella was the winner of that main event. That was at Harris in Las Vegas. So uh that was over right over right before Christmas, the eleventh through the twenty second, and Spinella picked up the win there on that tournament. So uh happy to update some of that stuff for you and we'll be looking into that into New Year because uh here in South Florida we'll be hosting a circuit event. Well, actually not in South Florida. In Florida, it's going to be a Tampa this year, the Seminole Hard Rock Tampa, hosting the event in February. So that should be a lot of fun. By the way, in that uh, main event over in uh, at Harrah's Las Vegas, uh, Nipun Java finished second. Jimmy Lee was third. Raul Martinez and Tim Riley rounding out the top five in that one. So those are some events for you that have kind of uh, slipped through the cracks since we've been gone uh, for the last couple of weeks and we will get back on the circuit. and We'll talk a little bit more when uh, Joe's back in the studio uh, about some of these players and uh, what we've seen from them, but we certainly look forward to seeing a lot of them down here Uh, at the Lucky Hearts Poker Open, which gets underway later this week as well, and the main event uh, the 14th through the 17th of January, and we'll be over there uh, doing a bunch of interviews and that sort of thing. So uh, certainly looking forward to that. Uh, Joe Costello here in the studio with me. I want to take a break here on the show. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit about South Florida and sports, and, and we just touched on briefly there, but we want to talk about some of that. And uh, Joe's going to join us by phone as well. So we look forward to uh, having him with us as well. Let's take a break here on the show. We'll be back with more on Poker Action Line when we return.
0: This is Poker Action Line.
1: This is Big Dave for PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. Want to know what's really cool? Your charitable tax-deductible donation every time you play. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com, the feel-good gateway to fun and prizes. Play free. Learn our system. Get 50,000 free chips and play for prizes. Play for scholarships that benefit Caribbean students. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. Take it from Big Dave. A win for you is a donation to Caribbean education. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com.
0: From the vantage point, Mafatu saw six war canoes drawn upon the beach. The wet held the boys' eyes in awful trance. Were the figures springing and leaping about the flames, darting, shifting, bounding toward the sky the eaters of men he could reach it before the savages overtook him. Explore new worlds. Find out what happens next by reading the book Call It Courage by Armstrong Sperry. For other great book ideas visit literacy.gov. A message from the Library of Congress and the Ad Council.
1: Welcome back to the show. Big Dave Lemon. Uh, Joe's going to join us in just a couple of minutes. Uh, Joe Costello here in the studio, uh, Joe. As I mentioned, uh, he's the pod father of drag racing. I don't think I mentioned that, but uh, I got a lot of them. I got a lot of things. <laughs> that I am. You come up with these, uh, these slow? You print, print up T-shirts with the pod father? Yes, of, uh, yes. I yes. Think First of all, that, I too. did not come up with that. That was
2: uh, you know I was anointed that by my peers, which was great. And uh, apparently, to co-host Poker Action Line, your name must be Joe exactly right exactly joe rodriguez who will be calling in uh, you know being in the podcast thing for over 10 years and being in a niche uh sport like drag racing which you know you're in poker and i envy you of the mainstream popularity of your sport like what you do is something that most people have heard of and can relate to if you haven't picked up a deck of cards at some point and sat at a house where a couple of guys or girls were playing poker. I, you know, I, I, I doubt that that has happened. Everyone has been exposed to poker. Period. Whether you watch a movie like Tombstone and you want to be Doc Holliday and think, man, he's so cool, or watch the World Poker Tour on uh, TV you know, back in the day, you know, Moneymaker and all that stuff. Everyone knows poker. Yeah. Not everyone knows drag racing. Right. Right. A, lo- a lot of people do. But it is just, you know, you need millions of dollars of equipment, and you need to go someplace. Whereas poker, can we can play poker right here.
1: Now, now I'm guessing there's plenty of poker games in the garages. When There's, there's got to be a lot of downtime there with the, with the guys who, who repair the cars, the drivers, uh, the promotional people. I'm sure they have some games going and back in the garage.
2: All right, so the saddest place on earth is a racetrack when it's raining. Okay, Okay. because there's no fun that will happen. So you must find things to do to kill that time. Because eventually it's going to dry up. It's going to be six hours. They've got jet engines that dry the tracks so we can go racing as rapidly as possible. What do you think happens? Poker happens. Yeah. People go into their trailers... And they play, by the way, trailer, not like Trailer Park. We're talking about multi-million dollar tractor trailers that carry these cars around. And they've got lounges and motor coaches, etc. And they play cards. Now, is it always poker? It's not always poker, but very often it is poker. And this happens at racetracks all across the country, all around the world, um, professionally and uh, regionally and sportsman racers. It is one thing that is very common, which is the passion for various forms of gambling.
1: You ever sneak into those games? No. No, I don't. I'm not. <laughs> well,
2: I, you know, when it comes to my card play, I'm more of a blackjack player, frankly. And uh, you know, stay focused on the cars or what. But, you know, there are guys that are trying to flip your quarters for 100 bucks. Like everyone is really focused on that thrill in the moment, and poker definitely is something uh, throughout our industry, which NHRA drag racing, you know, it's been around for uh, you know, 60 uh, years or so. Um, there's a lot of charitable giving Right. Things, uh, you know, ties, charitable ties. And very often it'll be a poker tournament. You know, get some of the drivers to come out and play, earn some money, donate to a charity. So uh, poker, the thread of poker definitely runs through drag racing and motorsports, NASCAR, IndyCar in general. I'm not so sure that motorsports runs through poker quite as much, but I, I definitely know there are some crossover fans that like both.
1: Uh, We mentioned that Poker Action Line has been on the air since uh, 2010. Uh, I'm not sure exactly when you started, but you have been doing this for quite some time. Uh, Developed a real special niche in the area. Uh, Tell me a little bit about your shows and and what you do on a regular basis.
2: Well, I I started off doing sports talk radio, really just talk radio, general talk radio here in South Florida. I was born in Hollywood, Florida. I am a Floridian. I am one of the original Floridians. There's not a whole bunch of them, but uh, more nowadays. And always loved fun entertainment talk radio. I was the kid, you know, in seventh grade, friends of mine were telling me about things that Neil Rogers was doing on the radio. And, Something uh, else
1: we have in common, we, we both worked with Neil.
2: We both worked with Neil Rogers, you much uh, earlier than I did, but we both sat across from a talk radio hall of famer. Uh, you know, that's an incredible thing. And uh, I, I took a lot of what I do from Neil, I'm in a different area, but... Wanted to get into talk radio, so ended up getting into talk radio, working with Neil Rogers, working with Hank Goldberg, but I'm a uh, someone who enjoys racing. NASCAR was becoming popular, and so I used it to talk my way on the air, uh, and I am still talking racing for a living all these years later. Now, don't get me wrong. I love entertainment and sports radio. I love different subjects, um, but the one that makes me my money... Has been motorsports all this life. I did have a show on 560 QAM here in South Florida called the Joe and Mark Show, which was very successful. And, uh, you know, it ended in 2004 when Janet Jackson took out her, you remember that, during the Super Bowl. Yes, her breast. It came out. Was that Super Bowl here? By the way, it was here. I Mm -hmm. feel like it was here. Yeah. Hey, maybe we've got something to look forward to with Super Bowl (laughs) Live coming up. Maybe we're
1: going to see something. Shakira and and Jennifer Lopez. Oh,
2: my gosh. It's going to be even better. But uh, after that happened, they blew us out. But then I went off to find another job. I got hired by XM Satellite Radio, NASCAR Radio. I moved to Washington, D.C. I worked there for five years, Uh, really was able to grow professionally a lot. But then the two companies merged. Uh, I had moved back at that and was working out of this Costello Media studio that we're we're using for Poker Action Line right now and other shows. And uh, when they, the two companies merged, they they just fired a whole bunch of people. A bunch of people got blown out, right? Radio careers over. And I said to myself, I was like, listen, I live in South Florida, where I love, I love where I live, and I uh, I'm an only child. My parents are getting older, live around the corner. Everybody knows uh, the WKRP in Cincinnati song, right? Right. Got tired of packing and unpacking. Town to town, up and down the dial. Do do I want that to be my life? And the answer is, as much as I love being on the radio and having interaction with people, uh, the answer is no. The answer is no. I want to stay in South Florida. I want to live where I love, and I want to be around the people that I've always been around. I don't need to make a a bunch of new friends. And uh, it was like 2009. You know, iPhone's still in its infancy, the podcast is not really a big thing, and uh, just started to use the assets that I had, which was knowledge of motorsports, connections in motorsports, an audience uh, that kind of hopefully could find me, and uh, started doing WFO radio. First as a live stream, then as a podcast, and never looked back, and now... I have one of the most well-known motorsports podcasts in in drag racing, certainly, uh, and in motorsports. We've got staying power. We've got sponsors, people who have helped us along the way. Through that, I have been able to uh, get... The job with the National Hot Rod Association, this uh, drag racing, you know, the quarter mile, for those who don't know, it's acceleration race, it's just the really good part, the acceleration, it doesn't take three hours, there's not a whole lot of, like, you know, getting there, it's the payoff every single time, we've got a bunch of short races. Uh, I go to the track, I call the races, this guy in the left lane, this girl in the right lane, here they go down the track, who wins, who loses. I report, I interview crew chiefs, I interview drivers, I do a lot of their social media, NHRA's Facebook page, it's got a million three uh, followers, uh, I do that. And that was all hired because of the podcast. And because of that, I got hired on Performance TV, on Motor Trend Network. It's a garage show, or in a garage, we're interviewing entrepreneurs who have the next great product to make our car go faster, and it's on Motor Trend Network, 8.30 a.m. on Sunday mornings. But during that whole period, um, when we opened up the studio, we, we, we encountered these guys who used to do a poker show on AM radio at like 11 p.m. at night, and they had an audience After of like...
1: After the Yankee games.
2: Right, which is <laughs> the best part. But um, And we put together the Poker Action Line podcast, and here it is, and i got to tell you, there are weeks where your numbers are better than my numbers, and I'm annoyed, but I love it because you have <laughs> blossomed into this. You have so much upside potential. There are people all around the world that love poker, and the knowledge base, you with the, the tournaments and the, and the stars and the people and the personalities. Joe Rodriguez is an amazing character, period, off the air, but he's got the knowledge from inside,
1: as he's a manager, got, as a dealer.
2: He's got the institutional knowledge. So I can tell you that the intimidation factor is another thing that both of these sports have in common. For me to go sit down at a poker table in a casino, man, I don't know. It's, it would take a lot, right, to me to just go down and plunk it for the first time to go do it for the first time. Same to go drag race your car. We say it every week. Like you can race your Mustang that you got from the dealership and go down right, the track. Exactly. You can you can go do it. That's the fun of drag racing. But very few people actually do it because they're intimidated. It's the same thing. There are so many people that w- would probably love to play poker, but sitting down for the very first time might be a challenge and listening to Joe, at very least you're not going to make the big mistake, right? <laughs> right? He's exactly. going to he's going to help you navigate the situation the right way, or at very least give his opinion. And so that's why I enjoy listening to the show, and me being you know, on it now is great. And hopefully some of my WFO radio podcast listeners who also happen to like poker or like to hear what, you know, what I'm going to do to you on this episode um, <laughs> for my own entertainment might <laughs> check in, and maybe they love poker and vice versa. That's what I'm hoping. Absolutely. Uh, there's Joe.
1: Uh, he All said right. he would check in, and uh, we'll have a little three-way conversation here uh, about poker. Joe, how are you doing?
3: Hey Joe, was Big Dave? this is Big Joe? Dave. You're yeah. on the
1: you're on the show, uh, so oh, okay, excellent. <laughs> we are getting into a little conversation. We were talking a little bit about Joe's background in podcasting and in uh, in drag racing and and how he put together the show. A few things we do want to talk about is how poker interacts with some of the uh, the tourist and sports uh, aspects in this town. So I want to get to that in just a second. But one last question I have for Joe is when you talk about drag racing. For a long time, the only one anybody knew was the snake and the mongoose. And then there was, of course, the funny cars were on the side. Uh, tell us a little bit about what's involved in drag racing right now these days.
2: Okay, money is number one. It takes money, they're burning money. First of all, J, J- Rod, how are you? Joe Rodriguez.
3: I'm doing good, Joe. Hopefully, you and your family had a wonderful New we, Year. We
2: did, we did. You're going to be Joe number one, and I'm going to be Joe number two for this <laughs> a- edition of the of the show. It's, it's oh, great. You go. It's great that you know there Snake you and go. the Mongoose. Okay, the thing about drag racing is it is a uh, it's uh, the remnant of America's great victory in World War II. Right, we win World War II. Everybody comes back. They're bored. We're building the highway system. We start to play with cars. Drag racing is born. You think about like Beach Boys songs. Beach Boys, Jan and Dean, Little Deuce Coop, all of those songs, that's about the California car culture, drag racing. You think of American graffiti. It was very, very, very big and right on the cutting edge culturally at the time, as big as surfing, right? Drag racing, surfing. Two big things that came out of California. Well, it became a sport. A lot of money was made. Snake and mongoose, Don the Snake Prudhomme, Tom the Mongoose McEwen. uh, Mongoose is now deceased. But they recognized that there was money to be made. So they built these cars, and they started touring around the country and having match races where they would be like, Okay, who's going to win the Snake and the Mongoose? And they would show up. Remember, color TV, barely. One TV in the house, couple of channels on it, no internet, no phones, no nothing, to have these people, these characters, come to your town, and these loud, fast cars, burning nitromethane, go out to the track, put on a show. It was amazing. Well, that grew into a professional motorsport that's now worth Three millions of dollars, and, uh, and we raced 24 races around the country. We're getting ready for our first race on February uh, 7th in Pomona, California, and it becomes a tour all around. Big Daddy Don Garlitz, Shirley Muldowney, these are names from the past. The names that took over from those people, a guy named John Force, which you've probably everyone's heard. I think everyone's heard of John Heard the name. There was a show on Discovery a few years back. He and and his, his beautiful daughters. His beautiful daughters, three of which have uh, gone, followed him into driving these cars. And it takes money. to. And this is the thing that is hard to explain to the average person. And at each event, I take a we do a walking tour, and I'm the host. Like you're at the zoo, these are the rhinos, these are the elephants. I give the walking tour. It's like these are nitro cars. This is what they do. This is what it is. Um, they accelerate from zero to 100 miles per hour in less than one second. Wow. That's the number. That they are they accelerate quicker. The the drivers have more g forces on them than the astronauts that were on the space shuttle during acceleration. That's amazing. And you put those people in a competitive scenario where they have to go out and, and win four races. We have a single elimination tournament each weekend. There's 16 cars that qualify, and you go from 16 to 8, 8 to 4, 4 to 2, two drivers in the final round against each other, and whoever wins that final round is the winner in Top Fuel or Funny Car or Pro Stock, et cetera. These races are on Fox Sports. Um, we have our own NHRA streaming show, NHRA.tv. People can see me there. Um, but uh, the point is, it's the car culture. If you like cars, going fast, acceleration, you know, 57 Chevy, 69 Camaros, 78 Trans Ams, all those kind of things, the cars that people love, that's what drag racing
1: is. Absolutely. Hey, Joe, uh, Joe, number one, you ever have any mm-hmm. experience at all uh, Racing, even if it was just down the street of New Jersey, uh, with your seventy-eight Trans Am. No,
3: no because we. Well, what I did, I never raced anybody. The only time I really opened it up was on the turnpike, and after I got my first very large speeding ticket, I uh, after that. That was <laughs> the end of your
1: drag racing career. <laughs> I decided
3: to, you know, it's not that I followed the speed limit, but you know, I wasn't. I, I got very lucky; I didn't get arrested with the on how fast I was going over the speed limit. But like Joe says. My fascination, I mean, uh, you know, was always with the hot rod cars, you know, and then Indy. NASCAR didn't really come into my picture until way much later. But as a young boy, I was the, my first love as far as with cars was the hot rod, which is what you cover, correct, Joe?
2: Yes, absolutely. It is what I cover. And it's good that you're not racing on the streets because, and, and this is uh, what I find interesting is, the parallels between poker. I know you've got a big audience that's that's here to talk poker or, or think about poker. And, and so let's, let's think about it this way. Drag racing is a sport that was born out of an activity that was considered, in many ways, illegitimate. And poker the same way. And poker the same way. Outlaw. And yep. now it has been so legitimized that both have big corporate sponsorship, big television contracts. And it's not a negative thing. Like when someone says to their father, I want to grow up to be a drag racer in the year 2020, it's not a necessarily a bad thing because it means that they're a go-getter. They know how to, to work on things. They know how to put together a marketing plan. They know how to chase sponsors. They, and if you're a poker player, certainly the people have come through this studio. You meet them and you realize that they have next level Intellect and thinking—they obviously are, can process, are good at strategy and math, and are risk-takers, right? Which right. is what we all need. And so those parallels yep. from outlaw, underground, uh, back alley T-shirts with uh, cigarettes rolled up in the sleeve, like two two-lane blacktop, to legitimacy, drag racing and poker have both. Traveled those roads together.
1: And yet there's still some illegal activity going on in both, uh, whether it's uh, drag racing down Chrome Avenue uh, out west uh, at 2 in the morning. Absolutely. Or in poker to play on an offshore uh, illegal site, right, Joe?
3: Yeah, exactly. And to be honest with you, Joe, you're absolutely correct. But, you know, your sport, drag racing, is still a lot more legitimized because it doesn't have that stigma anymore. I I remember, I don't know where it was that I was watching something that, you know, the the NASCAR thing came more from the moonshine days where they were looking for fast drivers and, you know, the that love there. And, yes, they, they all had that stigma of, you know, being something bad. But in poker, as our show has shown over almost the last 10 years that we've been doing this, is, uh, you know, a lot of these young kids who know what it takes to play in poker still have to go over you know, uh, convincing their parents that this is a a legitimate way of earning a living and a real good one if you get really good at it, which is the same thing. I don't believe, like you said now, Joe, uh, that uh, drag racing or any form of racing really has that attached to it. You know, the country in general has fallen in love with all the different types of, of racing that we have. And it's not quite the same even though poker has made leaps and bounds as far as trying to get out of the, you know out of the the head of those that think of it as gambling just pure gambling and evil uh but yes they have traveled similar paths i believe poker still has to go a little bit further before it gets complete acceptance much like the car racing
2: well see i don't know that either ever will i, I know from the the motorsport perspective, uh, in both, you have something significant to lose, right? Like the the gambling side of things, people always worry about like... You know, losing it all or addiction or becoming one of those people who can't control themselves. And so that's the downside for the parent, right? Like, oh, my God, I don't want my kid to to, to, turn, exactly. into, to turn into that. On the the driving side, Dave mentioned it. You know, there's always a story that comes out, whether it be on you know, Channel 7 News or whatever. Uh, we call it street racing, right? When you're racing on the street, you drag race on a drag strip, which is a legitimate course that we have created specifically for the purpose of drag racing. Street racing is something else. Well, they inevitably call it drag drag racing and so it's an illegitimate right. thing parents don't want their kids participating in it because oh my gosh they could get hurt right there's a negative Absolutely. attached to it
3: yes there is Joe there's a, that that's the negative right there and unfortunately here in South Florida and I don't know if it's true throughout the whole United States we see we see too many of those little markers that people put there with the the names of their loved ones that have died in car accidents And being that I had driven for quite a few years Uber and I always drove at night, you know, my biggest fear was these young men and women, you know, driving at, you know, on ridiculous speeds. And, you know, that is the connotation that that's the danger of it from a parent's point of view. But I'm sure most parents aren't thinking that their kids are going to be racing, like Dave said, on Chrome Avenue. They race sometimes here, right on Southwest H Street here, in Miami Dade,
1: or 95 uh, with the motorcycles. Here, yeah, yeah,
3: the, exactly. You know, and I know the police try to do their best to stop them. Um, I came up against an accident just four days ago that was uh, actually before the New Year, so it's a little longer than that. That I'm still trying to wrap my head around how how four cars and two of them were completely smashed in. So for that car to be at that point they had to be flying you
0: know well, and
3: exactly uh,
2: irresponsible speed and then and, and that's the thing the, the another there's a rush let's face it right there's a rush yeah absolutely and uh, you absolutely. joe have got great experience I, i've gone fast as as well you you've gone all in on a hand like what that feeling i don't know what that's like that's yeah, the adrenaline that's it That's got to be amazing, like wondering what's going to happen, and that's one of the elements that the poker player is playing for. They're not just, yeah, of course they're trying to win money, but if they just went to win money, um, it wouldn't last very long. There's got to be another reason to love it, and speed. Speed is a big thing. They get an adrenaline rush, and uh, you know there's a wrong place to do it. It's it's the power of endorphins. It absolutely is. What's fortunate Mm -hmm. about you guys and what has happened with poker is that um, there are so many places that you can now, like the average person who wants to go try it out, like you you have laid out on Poker Action Line over the years, and I encourage everybody to go to Apple Podcasts and and uh, subscribe, but the circuit, right? Like if you're a beginner, you can go here, and you can kind of tune yourself up, and then you can go to the Hard Rock once you feel well, or there's a big tournament, or you know ultimately end up in Vegas. Like you lay that out for everyone, which that exists in drag racing it's just you know it's a, a lot harder because you don't just work on your own game you have to buy a bunch of stuff to do it
1: one other connection i wanted to bring up and that is uh you talked about the danger uh and we know the about accidents and people getting killed <laughs> in racing uh we know that uh you know people can lose their money which you mentioned uh destroy your life financially uh playing poker but how about you know the the parallels with the old-time Westerns, you know, there was a poker game, and somehow there was an argument, and someone got shot. That's uh, one thing there. Uh, do you think that people uh, are attracted, and I guess there's a, there's a limited few, hopefully, but just like people go to hockey games to see a fight, uh, do you think people go to the, uh, drag races to see a horrible accident?
2: Uh, the word horrible is uh, what I would say no. Like, if you ask someone, like, are you here to see a crash? And, and uh, it happens maybe more in NASCAR than in drag racing because crashing is not part of drag racing because there's no contact between the cars, right? right? We always joke about, you know, it's a, the most civilized of motorsports because, you know, you're in your lane going as fast as you can, and I'm in my lane going as fast as I can, and we should never, we should never contact each other. Like, that's not part of it. It's about doing your own thing. But it happens. And when you're accelerating a 2,500-pound craft, 0 to 100 in less than a second, when things go wrong, they go wrong big. Um, yes, there are people that go to see equipment get torn up. Sure. A horrible accident? No, I don't think anybody wants to see that. And, and fortunately, the people who create the safety equipment, etc., have been working very very hard to try very hard to make sure we don't ever experience that. Uh, anytime you 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 do anything around speed, though? Everybody knows you can get killed at 30 miles per hour. Because there's fuel and fire and explosions. And, and physics, right? Yeah. Mass stopping rapidly. It's just uh, an unfortunate aspect to it. Um, I'm, I'm happy to say that it happens less frequently than ever before. Just like in poker, uh, the shootouts—you uh, know—they don't—they don't happen anymore.
1: Occasionally, a guy will pull his pants down at the side of the table, maybe flip his shoe off at a dealer, but uh, hopefully not too much of that. Uh, we need to take one yep. final break, Joe. You can—you feel up to sticking around for a little bit? Do you have what it takes, Joe?
3: Yeah, let's uh, let's see. Uh- I've been I've been pretty much bedridden for 24 hours with this flu that I got, so yeah, I'll have some energy.
1: Okay, I just want to talk a little bit about the connection uh, for tourism and the Super Bowl coming and some of that stuff, so we'll, we'll get to that when we come back. You're listening to Poker Action Line. Of course, you can always pick up the show on uh, SoundCloud. Great place to get it. Any place you get your uh, podcasts, uh, we're working on getting on Spotify as well, and we should have that after the first of the year here uh, very soon. So, uh, certainly uh, we hope you'll come every week and listen to the program. We have a big tournament at Seminole Hard Rock this month, the uh, Lucky Arts Poker Open, with a lot of big name players, and I'm going to try to get a bunch of interviews for the show, so uh, we hope you'll be listening well into 2020. We'll be back with more of the show when we come back. You're listening to Poker Action Line.
0: This is Poker Action Line.
1: And the Play for Real game becomes available later this year. Welcome back to the show. Final segment coming up. Big Dave Lemon, along with the pod father of drag racing, Joe Costello, in the studio here. And of course, my partner, Joe Rodriguez, uh, the pod father of poker dealers and poker managers. Uh, how's that sound, Joe?
3: Well, if you're asking me, it sounds really good (laughs) for Joe. (laughs)
1: Joe, of course, uh, for those of you who are just uh, catching the show maybe for the first or second time, uh, has a a long career as a poker manager uh, at Casino Miami, uh, which was Miami High Life for many years and gone on to uh, do a bunch of uh, floor work and uh, management work at some other uh, card rooms, Uh, was a poker dealer. For many years, trained uh, hundreds of poker dealers over the years and uh, is really an expert on the rules of the game and and uh, the behind-the-scenes, uh, how games are run and how rooms are run. So uh, we'll have lots to talk about here in 2020. But, uh, Joe, I know that uh, uh, you know very well that everybody in South Florida is getting ready for the Super Bowl down here in South Florida. Uh, we have other big tournaments and stuff happening. Uh what are you seeing in the poker rooms about uh people getting ready or is it just the status quo of the regular player playing the cash games
3: Well no because first of all you're going to have the influx of so many people coming into you know into town so the poker room especially the Hard Rock uh, all the, I would imagine every poker room you know especially in Broward you know because they're going to fill up very quickly um I don't know, but I'm assuming that whoever the A or C representative is going to be staying at the Hard Rock Guitar Hotel and the other people maybe at the Diplomat. So wherever they are, I can tell you this, Dave, when horse season used to open up at Gulfstream, you know, friends that I knew that were dealing there, supervisors, it would immediately generate an extra three or four or five tables for the day. Right. Okay. So you can imagine that was just the opening of horse racing season. Okay. And they were open year round. Can you imagine what's going to happen for that you know uh, that one two week lead up, especially that last week? Yeah, absolutely. I believe the poker room, the well, poker room. When we know who's going to be in the game, will be big benefits of it. What's yeah, that?
1: Yeah, once we know who's going to be in the actual game and where the people are going to be traveling from. Exactly. So, you
3: know, yes, I believe that uh, the poker rooms and the casinos, the their revenue numbers are going to be a lot higher than they were. Uh, last February or, or last January since I believe what the Super Bowl is, February 2nd this year, if yes. I'm not mistaken. Yeah, or the third.
1: first week. Yeah, the third. So,
3: so you're going to really see more or less when the numbers come out for January because you're, you're going to have a lot more of those days in January while the people are there and trying to enjoy uh, the South Florida w- wonderful <laughs> weather experience down here and just enjoying, you know, everything that comes with the Super Bowl. So, yeah, I, I honestly believe that this will bring a whole lot. I You know, I think the last one that we had down here, wasn't that the Chicago and the
2: Indianapolis
1: uh, uh, in, Super Bowl? I think it was Indian the Saints, maybe? Yeah,
2: I, I think it was, oh, it was uh, Peyton Manning okay. winning, right? Yeah. Right,
1: that's right. So, um,
2: I, Joe, I know, have a I question think? for you. I, I got a question. Yes, forgive, my, forgive my ignorance, and it's just, uh, just the way it is. It happens on a lot of stuff, but... Does the influx of people who are coming in, yes, it's going to create more demand for tables, but does that also increase the stakes of the games, right? Like, these people are high rollers, right? They're flying in. They're coming in. Does that increase, like, are you going to win a bigger pot on a Super Bowl week than you would on a regular week here in South Florida? Good question.
3: Let me tell you something, Joe. It's a great question. And. And what's, what, what we're going to experience here to, you know, to a much smaller degree is yes, you will win a lot more money. As Dave and I have mentioned before on the show, a lot of people go to Vegas for the World Series of poker circuit events for those, you know, for those six, seven weeks that they're running Joe with no intentions of playing in any of the tournaments, just to play the cash games because people are in a great mood. They're there to gamble. You know, you're, you know, this is, this is not what they do this should be a time for a lot of the locals here to make their pockets a lot heavier, if you know what I mean. I mean, Uh, that's uh, that definitely should happen. The games are going to last longer. Fresh money coming in, Joe, like I said, that's a great question because, yeah, I can't expect anything else but that, in general, those pots are going to be a lot higher. You don't usually have... You know, um, you may have some other top pros coming down here because they know that this event will bring you know thousands and thousands of people into South Florida's poker rooms, and you know the good the good good poker players usually take big advantage of that when when they're having the WSOP uh main event you know that the tournament in Vegas, and this year you're going to kind of get that feeling without all the hotels in there, but you definitely. I, I'd be willing to wager a lot of money that those pots are going to be a hell of a lot higher than they normally are.
1: Well, let me let me ask you this: Do you get uh, requests at uh, at Casino Miami for uh, we we we've got nine ten guys coming in and we want to have our own game? Are you getting more of that on a Super Bowl week?
3: I have not gotten that. um, You know, um, I would imagine that this year the Hard Rock. I, we've gotten that request now, not just because it's a Super Bowl. I mean, I, we've gotten requests where we've had a two five game and they wanted it to make it quote, a private game. Now, when they say private, sometimes it is private, strictly those invited by them. Other times when they say private, meaning, yeah, they'll allow somebody to walk in and play in the game, but the buy-in and the structures are a lot higher than normal. You know, they'll put a, they'll put a contingency, like they'll say, okay, well, you're playing in a 2-5. Okay, well, the 2-5, you can play a 2-5 no limit game anywhere in the country just about, okay? But now they're telling you, uh, with a mandatory 25 or $50 straddle, you know, uh, button straddle or big blind straddle, you know, these are things that are not, not regular in the game, you know, and the people who do that is because they want action. And, and it definitely creates a lot of action because you, there's already, you know, 50, 60 something dollars in the pot and people start playing for that money right away. So uh, I haven't had that requested um, during Super Bowl. And again, the last Super Bowl was so long ago, I don't even remember. Um, but I would imagine that the Hard Rock may get that. Um, but I have a feeling that's going to be kind of hard, Dave, to accommodate because, like I said, their room should be running. Close to capacity, yeah, twenty four seven, definitely. You know, once once the two Super Bowl teams are meted out, within three or four days after that, people are going to start coming in. Like I said, South Florida is just a beautiful place to come without the Super Bowl being down here. So a lot of people are going to come down here just to enjoy the weather, the beaches, and you know all the great things that we have here in South Florida. So I would imagine the Hard Rock is going to be jam packed. I oh, wonder yeah. Oh, yeah. if they're going to open rooms. In, in um, I mean, rooms, uh, open tables, excuse me, in some of the conference rooms where they run the tournaments. You know what I mean? Yeah, and try to take advantage of the large overflow of
1: people. Well, I'm going to talk to Tony about that. I'd like to find that out. Here's a good question for both of you. The Super Bowl is going to be here in uh, a couple of weeks. Well, about, about three or four weeks, actually. Uh, but, you know, we're looking at uh, the groups and how they travel as far as fans go. Uh, who is the dream matchup in the Super Bowl from a poker standpoint? And I, I've already looked at this and picked it out, so I, I, it's a little bit unfair, I think, to just spring this on you guys. Uh, but I'll run down the teams just in case you forgot who's I, left. I, I, uh, I
3: believe I believe I can answer that.
1: Well, let me give you let, – let Joe think about it as well. Uh, but the NFC still left, Minnesota, San Francisco, Seattle, and Green Bay. Uh, and the AFC is Tennessee, Baltimore, Houston, and Kansas City. So, uh, uh, to me, it's clear. But uh, I'd like to hear what you guys think, uh, Joe. Uh, Joe Rodriguez, let's hear your thoughts first.
3: All right. Well, first of all, in the AFC, it's got to be Baltimore. Right. They've got so many poker rooms over there, you know. So I, I can't imagine Baltimore not being one that you would want as a, as a poker room manager down here because. A lot of their fans have to play a lot of poker over there. And our good friend Mike Smith runs uh, Maryland Live over there. So, uh, you know, that should be very big. Now, based on the others, I've been to San Francisco. There's a lot of poker on the outside, but not so much in the city. You got to kind of travel 30, 40 minutes out of town.
1: Well, you do have Bay um, 101 out there, and you have uh, Sacramento right, is a big right. area for, uh,
3: for poker. Right, right, but it's still a little bit of a ride from there. Um, I would assume a lot of those people will be San Francisco fans. We know that Texas, where Houston is in, really doesn't have poker. You know, uh, I'm sure they have a lot of illegal games. They have some of these club nows that they're doing. To be honest with you, I have no clue. Uh, The Titans are what, out of Nashville? Right. uh, Tennessee. I don't know if there's any poker rooms out there, to be honest. Yeah, with you, I don't Dave. think. I, I think
1: I doubt that you'd want Green Bay in a Super Bowl if you're looking for a poker matchup. What about uh, your well, thoughts? Well, no. Well, I'm thinking.
3: I am thinking Green Bay. Are because you? Green Bay being in Wisconsin, there's
2: a lot okay. of poker it's in Wisconsin. Cold man. Anywhere it's a cold, where you're stuck. You're snowed in. You got nowhere it, to go. You can't go out. You it, got a, Minneapolis. Yeah, and let it's, me it's tell mi- you, you got some great
3: <laughs> poker players from the state of Wisconsin. I got to meet a whole bunch of them when I was, you know, helping uh, the other poker tour that we won't mention anymore.
1: Mark Croon, right?
3: Um, you know, Wisconsin, I would imagine with as cold as it is, uh, and that they do have a lot of poker rooms in the, you know, in the, in the in the state of Wisconsin. I that would be my guess. You know, that would really be my guess. The other one then after that would probably be San Francisco hoping that the people who live within an hour's ride of San Francisco are all 49ers fans and play poker at some of the other, uh, you know.
2: Any any thoughts, Joe, number two? Sure. I I can tell you that, you know, the premise of the question is a little over my head, but (laughs) I will do my best, which is that uh, this past year while in Seattle, uh, I was, uh, you know, right down the street from our hotel was one of these like a poker room only venue. And so, you know, there's action in there, right? i got to go in there, and i got to tell you, it was—it looked really interesting and fun. It was kind of a crazy scene. But, man, I don't care about that. I want to see San Fran versus either Kansas City or Baltimore just for the light-up-the-scoreboard nature of that Super Bowl. Yeah, absolutely. Like Jimmy G and Pat Mahomes? Like, come on. That'll be the greatest thing ever. So I don't know if it works with the premise of your question, but that's what I'd like to
1: see. Well, I thought San Francisco was the choice in the uh, NFC and Baltimore definitely in the AFC uh that would be a good matchup of of kind of poker towns a little bit you know like joe said uh you know you have to travel a little bit but california it, it obviously is very big and baltimore has uh, just exploded over the last 5 years as far as poker goes so definitely a, a matchup there we'll see what happens i i didn't think that seattle would be would be one of them but i guess there is really poker everywhere a little uh, bit
3: the reason i didn't pick seattle was because washington the state of washington Before Black Friday had already, uh, you know,
1: uh, you
3: couldn't play online poker over there. So, yeah, they do have a lot of landline, but killing the online poker like they did before, you know, Black Friday, uh, I would imagine hurt the local rooms also trying to develop new poker players. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Joe, I'm going to let you go. I appreciate you uh, taking the time to be with us. uh, And uh, I hope you feel better very quickly.
3: Thank you, guys, and uh, Joe, I'll see you, God willing, next week, or are you traveling?
2: I'm traveling. Up, We're recording Performance TV, and speaking of Tennessee, Johnson City, Tennessee, where we shoot the show, uh, Motor Trend Network, so I will be out next week, but back the following week, so I hope to see you then.
3: You got a Joe go. Safe Travels Big Dave. You call me tomorrow and let me know what we're doing for next week. Okay. All right? We'll do. We'll do. And to all and to all our listeners, a Happy New Year to you guys. Yeah, absolutely. Happy New Year. Thanks for Thanks, being Joe. with us, Joe.
1: Uh, care, Joe, number two, uh, we're running th- out of time on the show, but uh, I wanted to get your thoughts on the impact of the, the new Guitar Hotel at the Hard Rock and what's happening now. You haven't. I'm sure have gone over there and played in the poker room just to see what it's like. But uh, maybe you've seen it, but I know that you have been there, and there's a lot of really great stuff there. Uh, There's going to be shows and stuff throughout the year, and it's going to be a hub for a lot of action. It may not be the official hotel. It may or it may not be, but we'll find out what's going to happen there. But what what do you think so far from what you've seen uh, of a new hard rock, totally ready, For Super Bowl week.
2: All right, so first of all, I I reached out to a couple of my friends to see if Radio Row is going to be at the Hard Rock, because that's my prediction. I don't know that that's true just yet, but it just makes sense. Hard Rock Stadium, Hard Rock Hotel, and they are literally, you know, five miles from one another up and down the Turnpike. And so that makes sense to me. We'll, we'll see. The landscape of South Florida has changed so dramatically since our last Super Bowl. The stadium is different, of course. A lot of money been pumped into it. But the Hard Rock Hotel has, uh, the Guitar Hotel, excuse me, has, uh, it's a significant improvement of what was there previously what was there previously was uh, it was okay it was really nice it was the nicest uh gambling casino in south florida this is next level and if you elevated it and plopped it down in vegas it could hold its own against the top echelon casinos is it the win is it the encore no it's not is it very nice is as nice as hard rock and palms yes yes it is uh is it as Giant and vast, well, no, they could have built the ceilings a little bit higher. Uh, They could have some better air exchangers in there. That's my one beef. I did go into the poker room and did walk around and just kind of scout it out. And there's action. There's people having fun. And it's still in its first six months. And so people are just going to see it, to be a part of it, that fountain they have in the front. It was built by the same company that built the Bellagio fountains. There are so many elements. The light show there's always a couple of hundred people just standing out in front looking at the lights because it's always different. It does a different show, I guess, each hour or top and bottom of the hour. It's a a beautiful facility. Uh, They've done a great job of elevating their game, making it absolutely first class. And if you come to South Florida from somewhere else, you're going to have to go. You're going to have to go to the Guitar Hotel. Now, Fountain Blue Right. Eden Rock, those places down south, South Beach, that's where tourists go. Yes, of course. You're going to want to go see those. When push comes to shove right here in Hollywood, uh, literally, by the way, seven minutes from the Costello Media Studios, if you catch all the (laughs) lights, you can be at the Guitar Hotel and uh, you walk outside. There's a beam just like Luxor. There's actually five light beams that go up. The strings of the guitar, they change color. They, they go way up there. It's like a beacon to everybody who can see it.
1: And the side of the building, they have the shows, I think 6.30 and 9.30, something like that, every day.
2: It's a, it's incredible what they have done. So I think it is going to uh, be a big hit with people who are coming to South Florida to be a part of the Super Bowl, who want to get into something. There's going to be something to do there, at, but all of our places. Well, We've what? got a good uh, South Florida Community going.
1: On. One of the things I mentioned is that they've been sold out for at least six months uh, for this whole week uh, before the Super Bowl uh, for three thousand dollars a night. Yeah. Per room. Yeah, they paid for the basically they paid for the hotel. Basically, <laughs> right. <laughs> but it's incredible. Uh, one thing I can tell you is there was a radio row there for opening night uh, of the hotel when the guitar hotel opened. I was there. And uh, I did see a lot of our friends in different radio stations there. So it, obviously, nothing close to what uh, Radio Row is like for a Super Bowl. But we'll see what happens and where that's going to be and everything. We'll, we'll of course report on that. But uh, certainly, there'll be so many great games there. Um, you know, poker is on the map here in South Florida, and the Hard Rock uh, is a great part of it. No question.
2: Absolutely. And Dave, thank you very much for inviting me in. I really appreciate this uh, opportunity. Having uh, you know, monitored the show. Uh, for the many years that you've been here doing the show, doing the podcast. I, w- I want to take this time to say to the listeners and make it to the end of the show. They must really like it if they get to the very last minutes of the show. Thank you for supporting these guys. Uh, subscribe, Apple Podcasts, write a review. We'll be on Spotify with this show very soon. The reviews and the stars, but also sharing it, Facebook Twitter, follow Big Dave on Twitter. He has promised he's going to be much more active on the Poker Action Line Twitter account this year. And reach out a little bit. And tell him where you're listening from. We know that there's a lot of people listening to the show. Uh, in Missouri, apparently, you're very big. Or is that Mississippi <laughs> or Missouri? Florissant. Florissant, uh, Missouri. You're very big. But reach out to Big Dave, obviously, and uh, keep listening. And tell your
1: friends, because there's a lot of great information. Thank you. It's been a great honor. And thank you for being here as well. A lot of fun tonight. Uh, our thanks to Joe Rodriguez as well for uh, getting off his sickbed, coming on the show with us by phone. Uh, he'll be back in the studio next week, and we'll look forward to some great guests as the uh, Lucky Hearts Poker Open starts this weekend at the Seminole Hard Rock. We'll be covering that and having a lot of fun. We'll bring you some interviews from that. Uh, thanks for being with us tonight. We hope you're back next week on another edition of Poker Action Line.